What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. feel any one way about it's the milwaukee bucks they were always going to win this game i think uh but but how are you doing man (laughs) i'm doing all right man about the same as you here uh not all too much going on breaks about to be over headed back to school in a week here so getting ready for all that stuff but yes the kings did just lose that game and like you said kind of expected i mean milwaukee bucks are the best team in the league 34 and six after this one, and it dropped Sacramento to 15 and 24. Um, final score was 127 to 106. You know they may they got close a couple times, but then Milwaukee would just run away with it pretty quickly once Sacramento got a little bit of hope. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, we actually were both at this game. We met up at the sort of at the end of halftime, and then realized that as we were talking they they brought it back and that was as close as they ever got uh and and i think that uh we realized it was close wanted to go back and focus on the game and uh i don't know i don't know what happened but uh we should have hung out more in the fourth quarter seriously by the time i was back in my seat it felt like it was done and uh <laughs> But yeah, you pointed out that uh, Giannis had his was it his season low in points with thirteen. Se- season low held the MVP to a season low thirteen points. So sure, yeah, I'm not like one for moral victories necessarily, but you know, I mean, that's that's not nothing, I guess. Yeah, and then Middleton and Bledsoe combined for 51. So it also was the lowest field amount of field goal attempts that Giannis has had all year. It's almost like Giannis didn't need to really do much this game. Right, well, that's what it was. I mean, the Kings took Giannis out of the game, and, and but in doing so, they were giving up open shots to everyone else, particularly, you know, especially, like you said, Middleton and Bledsoe was really killing the Kings in this game, I thought. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, another note I was watching close, and sadly I missed most of these minutes live, but uh, Deadman did not look great in this one. Yeah, I see that minus 27 sticking out like a sore thumb. In 12 minutes. In 12 minutes. You were – last episode I had to talk you down off a ledge because <laughs> you were ready to clear him – the starter for the rest of the season. Uh, I think we decided to pump the brakes and we wanted to see a little bit more, but yeah, 
four fouls, 0 for 3 from 3. Some of them were ugly. I mean, yeah, most of his shots this year have been ugly. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, here's some breaking news, or not super breaking, but came out earlier today. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks. He's going to be held out with that strained shoulder and reevaluated in two to three weeks. So probably going to be seeing a lot more of Dwayne Dedman. So he maybe he'll have the time to come around like you want. You know, I mean, is that at all encouraging to you? Yeah. I mean, if Dedman needs to get some play to come out of this, like it, it just, it has to happen. I don't know how many weeks in a row I can say it has to happen before I give up, but I mean, he just needs to get some run. And with Holmes being out, this is going to be his opportunity to do so. Hopefully, unless they just decide to run Harry Giles and, and Nemanja Bialica at the five all game. Yeah, obviously we're not excited about Holmes's injury update. We we love Rashawn Holmes. We want, we want him healthy as possible, as soon as possible. He has been probably the brightest spot of the season for the Kings. But, yeah, like you said, that is fair to say that if Deadman is going to get out of this, he's going to need to play himself out of it. So, yeah, it seems like he'll have that chance, um, you know, before any trade comes along. I don't think – personally, I just don't see them really moving him at this point when Bagley's still kind of coming back and uh, Rashawn is not available, maybe Bagley comes back, maybe he plays great, maybe he's super healthy, and then Edmund doesn't become, you know, super necessary as part of the rotation again. But we'll see. Yeah, and, I mean, the injuries just keep hitting this team. Can Can you guess the two players that have played all 39 games for the Kings? I know who the I know who these two players are because I actually wrote about this the other day. It's Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes. Yeah, and then after that, um, Holmes played. Actually, I'm looking at this wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, Bielita and Joseph have both played 39. Didn't Joseph just sit out, or he's about to sit out? Oh, maybe you're looking at uh starts I, I think that barnes and buddy probably started started all 39 games yeah barnes and buddy started all 39 okay but yeah basketball reference has barnes healed bielita and joseph have played all 39 that sounds about right to me yeah and then uh yeah holmes 37 after that you got 30 for bogey ariza um and then yeah i mean fox missing 18 games you know Bagley only played nine games all year there's been a lot of injuries hitting this Kings team but I'll tell you who's on the board Kyle Guy's got one it's true I did not realize that was his first game out there actually you saw the debut of the legend and and there was a Swanigan no-look pass to Kyle Guy in the three that I mean just would have been legendary I was so sure he was going to knock that down. He couldn't have got a more open three right in the corner. Yeah. That's his shot. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, our guy, Kevin Fippen from STR, who we actually met up with at halftime there, I saw him tweeting that he threw up the three sign with his hands so hard that he broke his arm at the, in that moment. But then the shot didn't fall, and now he's got a broken arm for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Uh yeah, I just I couldn't get over the fact that 
the Kings were getting blown out at those garbage time minutes and Swanigan through a no look pass, like just thinking he was the shit. It was it was great to me. But you kind of mentioned earlier Holmes being, what did you call him? You said maybe the most important player on this Kings team so far this year. And I think that kind of works as a segue into what we're wanting to do today. Yeah, he's been, I think I called him the brightest light or the brightest part of this uh, kind of dark season. It, It has been a pretty dark timeline for the Kings this year. But yeah, I was thinking we're pretty much at the halfway point. Uh, the Kings have played 39 games. It'll be 41 pretty soon. Uh, the Bucks played their 40th game. You know, teams, I, I believe that there's a couple teams that have played 41 now. So we're getting pretty close to that official halfway mark in the season. So, yeah, I was thinking we could do some midseason awards. Decide our MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. You know, and I'll be honest with you. This podcast might be a little short. This episode might be a little short because uh, this team probably doesn't have a lot of players that are super deserving of accolades. It's just been a rough year. It's been a rough year. So I don't know. Um, This may not be the world's most fun episode of this podcast, but I I figured it would at least be a bit of a challenge to us to to complete a ballot. Uh, We got first, second, and third place for each of us for each award. We don't know what the other one has written down, so we're going to reveal those to each other, tally up the points, and decide uh, mid-season awards. Yeah, and I think we hinted at it here. Are you on board with me that Rashawn Holmes is first for your MVP here? Yeah, so uh, so let's, let's – how should we do this? Should we reveal – do you want me to reveal first, second, third, and then you first, second, third for each – vote or do you want to do first first second second third third Hmm. because i think it only makes sense to start with mvp right uh Um, that's the biggest award we're going to do mvp first it sounds like each reveal one and then we go two three two three that sounds good so you your first is is rashawn holmes it is uh i think pretty clear as of today he was sitting 11th in the nba in field goal percentage 66 percent of anyone that's played at least 10 games uh he was a lot higher for most of the year and just brings the energy day in and day out won the starting spot four games into the season played all but two games this year um that one was pretty easy for me yeah absolutely um he's got the best Offensive rating other than Kyle Guy <laughs> on this whole team all year. Uh, he's the only king with a positive net rating on the year other than someone who may get a shout-out later. Daquan Jeffries played in a total of five minutes. But, I mean, look, he's the only positive net rating king, really, you know, if we're being serious. He's the only guy with a positive net rating. He's been – probably the best defender. Sorry to spoil some future award picks here, but yeah, everything about him, he's been probably the best offensive and defensive player on this team, quite frankly. Um, Yeah, he's been incredible. He's going to be taking home a lot of hardware today, but that's my number one as well. We've got a winner there, but I'll just give my two, three here. I've got, and this was actually a challenge, and I I don't know if you felt the same way. It was a challenge for me. A lot of these were challenges. So I'll just give my number two, and then we'll see your number two. But I had I had De'Aaron Fox, number two. Interesting. Okay. Um, I put Barnes. And 
I, I think that Barnes has cooled off a little bit here, but part of that was I really Fox was difficult for me here since he's missed so much time. I, I mean, not playing in 18 of the games uh, really made this questionable for putting him in there for me. Um, I, I put Barnes second. Like I said, I know he's cooled off a little bit here. Um, and interestingly, when you mentioned this net rating, aside from Daquan Jeffries, I have my MVP one, two, three is also one, two, three in net rating in Holmes Barnes. And then I put Bogdanovich. I put Bogey over Fox because like I said, I, I think I, I counted Fox out mainly because of the time missed. You know, I'm really happy that you put Barnes number two because I debated with that. Um, and I actually left him off my ballot just because he it he just feels like a little disappointing. And that's that may just be the current kind of slump he's been going through. But I, I wanted to give him a nod. And then I was like, you know what? It makes more sense for me to give the nod to Fox. I can't give him number one. But I feel like if Fox had been healthy every game, there's I, I probably would have gone Fox one yeah. because of how important he is to this team. You know, I mean, he's definitely not had the greatest year. Definitely, obviously, not been healthy. But eighteen points, seven assists a game; those are MVP, team MVP type numbers in my mind. And for number three. I went with Bogey as well, and I, I really debated between Bogey and Barnes there again, but to me, Bogey just feels like got that kind of a clutch gene, and again, I didn't want to be too harsh on missing games because, you know, quite frankly, everyone on the team has outside of outside of a couple of guys you mentioned earlier. Yeah. I would have been – I'm happy that what happened here is we got a unanimous number one in Sean Holmes, and then a three-way tie, if we're counting up points like that, between Bogdanovich, Fox, and Barnes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's totally fine by me. And yeah, um, talking about Barnes and slumping a little bit, his December was just, was just rough, really. I, I mean, to put up 13 points compared to 18 in November, uh, 36% from the field and 27% from three in December, um, that definitely made him fall off. If you would have asked me, even halfway through December, I could have debated putting Barnes ahead of Holmes on this. But no, yeah, Barnes has definitely cooled off. And yeah, I'm good with that. Um, Holmes, and then actually, I think we both had Bogdanovich, right? So technically, he would get two points here. Exactly. So it's a three-way tie for runner-up because you get two points for being voted second. So Fox got two points from me. Uh, Barnes got two points from you. And Bogdanovich got one from us each. Got it kind of nice yeah and i think we should uh tomorrow when this episode's released we'll put out a tweet and kind of see what people think of these as well get some feedback on them i think that's a great idea and i'll say it's got to be pointed out here that buddy healed despite averaging over 20 points per game despite shooting 37 percent from three which is not you know bad i mean it's it's really not bad Hmm. uh that's a good point isn't even on either of our lists It's a good point. I mean, if we didn't have the expectations of what we saw last year, he probably, I mean, has he been better than those guys? No, because his defense has been terrible. Right. I just, I mean, that's, that's the thing. And then I, I just think it's interesting if you showed this 
box score. To, if you showed the box score stats of the Kings to someone who had not seen the Kings play, they would say, oh, this guy scoring 20 points per game is obviously the MVP right here. Yeah, I've literally seen things floating around asking if Buddy Heald should be an all-star this year just because they look at the box score and it looks decent, you know, but yeah. it's, it's He's played in, played in every game. Over 20 points per game. Like, those are two things that no one else on the team can really – I mean, you can't come near that. And it, I mean, the three-point three point shooting has been legitimate. I mean, I think he's third in the league in made threes still. So, like, the box score stuff is there. It's the defense and it's the expectations, like you said. But, but yeah, let's, let's bury that for now. Put that, that dark thought out of our minds. Are you okay with doing defensive player of the year next? That is what I have next. Um... You went for no, I went first last time, so you reveal your one here. Yeah, this is another no doubter for me, and it is going to be Rashawn Holmes again. Okay, so I actually went Barnes here. Um, wow, okay, because I thought Barnes and Holmes were close enough that Barnes being able to guard two to four put it over for me. Um, for cleaning the glass, the biggest on-off in effective field goal percentage, opponent effective field goal percentage, actually was Bogdanovich first, 3% worse uh, opponent shooting when he's on, but 2.8% for Barnes there. Um, I have liked what Holmes has done on the defensive end. He's a very close second for me, um, but what put it over for Barnes for me was just really the position and size he plays. He can guard more positions than Holmes can. Huh. I – that is surprising to me. I, you know, I didn't think about, you know, I think defensive player of the year, whether for right or wrong and probably for wrong, usually does involve some sort of statistics other than just on off rating and, you know, defensive rating. I think you kind of want to accrue some, some blocks or steals. I think you kind of want to have some impact plays. And that's why I don't have Barnes at the top there. To me, it's the way that Holmes has changed this team and giving them a defensive anchor, giving them a guy that actually blocks shots down low is really valuable to me. So I had Holmes number one, and I also had a playmaker number two, and that's Darren Fox. Oh, okay. See, hmm, yeah, I really struggled with Fox in this stuff because – yeah, you know, I, I'm fine with putting Fox three there because I had Kojo, but Fox is more deserving here. And the defense that he has played while he's been available, especially since coming back, has just been ridiculous. So I, I'm definitely good with giving three to Fox there instead of Joseph like I had originally. Okay, interesting. So, so who did you have at number two then? Oh, I had Holmes too. It, it was really close with Barnes and Holmes. So Barnes one, Holmes two, and then Fox three. Fox three, gotcha. Um, I and then I had Barnes three. So that's our that's our three. So you had Barnes four, four points for Barnes. Four points for Barnes. Five. Two point, uh, three points for Fox. Five for Holmes. So that's first place. Uh, vote getter is Rashawn Holmes. Second place is Harrison Barnes. Third place is Darren Fox. There we go. Does that feel like uh, acceptable? It feels about right. Yeah, it does. And then a little honorable mention to Corey Joseph to me. Um, who's yeah, that's fair. I definitely consider him. Um, I, I think that he's 
it's not been as good as we had expected, but it's still it's still a good it's still a and positive. He's not a flashy defender at all. No, like it's very just fundamental. And the numbers haven't really bared themselves out in terms of on off or plus minus uh, box score net rating. None of that. It's not. There's no. I think defensive RPM has shown him some love, but there's just not a lot of numbers in his camp either. Right. What do you uh what do you want to do third here? This is where we start to get a a little rough for some of these ones. Like are you how about most improved? Yeah, let's do let's do most improved. So number one is the easiest thing ever. It's Rashawn Holmes. Um, I mean, the jump that he's taken this year, he's a legitimate most improved candidate, not even just on the Kings. Um, the minutes jump that he's gotten is nice, obviously, and it's very deserving. Like you said, the defense, I think, has been a major improvement there. Um, his field goal percentage, obviously, is up to 66% this year from a little over 60 last year. Um, I, I mean, it, that one was an easy number one. Oh, definitely. Um, I like that we did these three first because they are my my three homes picks here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and I feel perfectly fine and very satisfied in giving Holmes first place votes for all three. He won everything he's eligible for. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually true. He's not <laughs> he's not six year six man of the year eligible and he's not rookie of the year eligible. So yeah, that's a clean sweep for Holmes. Uh yeah, and deservedly so. Deservedly so. Um I don't even know that I have anything to say about this because it's all so obvious. Yeah. I, okay, so but like uh, two and three was so rough here. This was the most upsetting and like saddest thing to try and pick because I mean almost everyone has gotten worse like Mm -hmm. I didn't struggle with number two I'll be honest with you who did you get here is it so go ahead this goes back to the conversation we had with Sanjesh from Sacktown Royalty the other day there is another player on this team that I think has made an improvement this year Uh, do you remember who this was you said bogey right bogey yeah absolutely um, to me, it this is an improvement to go. I mean, all his numbers are slightly up. I would say. I mean, his field goal percentage is up. His three point percentage is significantly up. Points per game is slightly up. You know, there's a couple you can ding him in free throw percentage, which it's been a very low volume uh, assist down. You know, point point uh, what is this point two. two? You know, but steals up a little bit. Block. I mean. That stuff is simple, but you know, just looking at the numbers, it's overly simple. But I'll say that I personally, and I said this before, I feel better about him. I feel much more confident in him. When the game's on the line, I want him taking the shot. I could not have said that last season. So to me, yeah, Bogey is a number two here. You know, a very similar argument for my number two um, is Bielitsa. Uh I just feel so much more comfortable with him offensively I think last year I was comfortable with him as well but putting the obviously shooting but putting the ball on the floor um, I I think he's been a lot better at this year and asked to do a bit more Um, three-point percentage is technically up 1.6 percent here he's at 41 percent on the year Um, I did really struggle with this too 
And then, yeah, I put bogey three and reflecting on it when we're kind of going through these, I probably could put bogey at two. But the, the weird thing with bogey is that if you compare it to his rookie year stats, which I know isn't how this award technically works, it doesn't look that great for him. Like he's still technically worse than his rookie year. Um, it, it, especially like you just look at the percentages, like you mentioned them going up compared to last year, but rookie year, 44% from the field, 42% this year, 39% from three rookie year, 38% this year. Um, so that's probably why he slipped in this for me a little bit, but um, I can, I can get with bogey at my three. Well, here's the difference there though, is that, Bogdanovich from last year to this year, the field goal attempts are almost identical. 12.3 field goal attempts last year, 12.4 this year. Essentially identical. But as a, as a rookie, it was, it was significantly lower, just a hair under 10 per game. So to me, I think the numbers overall are still better. Um, you know, his, his volume has gone up. Yeah, his efficiency may have gone down just a touch. But – the volume has gone up more significantly. So if you're if you're happy to join me there, we can declare bogey number two. And I agree with Bielitsa at three as well. I think that's fine. Yeah, Bielitsa's volume's gone up a bit too. Uh, about two more attempts uh, from the field and one more from three each game, and percentages going up. So yeah, that's fine by me. So yeah, clear. I just for me it, the reason I was a little more hesitant on Bielitsa is that I think that if you compare his first half last year to this first half, there may not be any improvement there. Yes. I didn't really dig into that enough, but it was he was kind of this guy in the first half. It was the second half of the year that was more concerning. Yeah, I think it was less than half, but I think maybe like the first quarter of the year he was phenomenal to start the year last year. I, that is a really good point. Um, and actually, I mean, BLH's defense has been pretty bad this year. I guess he has occasional moments of, like, recovery blocks and stuff. But Bogey definitely has BLH to be on the defensive end as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know that he was any better last year defensively. But, yeah. 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 So, I mean, he feels kind of like the same guy. But I agree the numbers are – there's still a chance that he doesn't fall off as hard. So, so I think he does deserve that that award there it really to me was speaking more so to there's nobody else that got better on this team yep it was rough it was really really rough um yeah i can't tell you how many guys i clicked on i was like oh man yeah like that's, that's they literally lower. all that's got lower. worse yeah yeah it, it's bad it's bad um barnes stayed about the same actually his three-point percentage this year took a major dip uh but yeah so i'm good with holmes one Bogey two, Bielitz a three. Are you currently paying off student debt? Interested in improving your financial literacy or looking for new ways to earn income in today's ever-changing digital landscape? Well, on the Talk Money with Mesh Lakani podcast, Mesh will follow paper trails, chat with experts, and break down complex ideas to bring clarity to the mystical financial phenomena. Each episode will be filled with compelling stories covering a broad range of subjects, from buying Bitcoin, dealing with student debt, and everything in between. Listen to Talk Money with Mesh Lakani on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and learn how to spend, invest, and earn for today's economy. Let's do six man of the year next. Okay. Are you on board for that? I've got I've got <laughs> I've got a submission. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious who is number one. But before we actually get into that, 
I wanted to ask you for an exemption for Corey Joseph because he has technically played in right. slightly more started slightly more than half of his games, but but uh, by the time that they actually cross the halfway point, I think that he will have he, he will have started in less than half. So that's the qualification. He started twenty games and he's played in thirty nine. I think it's safe-ish to say that I think it's pretty safe to say you know knock on wood barring no injuries that he will play in all 41 games by Thursday and only have started 20 so I think that would qualify him for mid-season six man of the year what do you think about that yeah that's interesting because I had to look this up I didn't know what the qualification was and like you said you have to come off the bench more games than you start and right now he's one game off of that I guess two actually and actually, right now, James Hamm has tweeted out that uh, Corey Joseph's illness apparently has gotten a little bit worse here. He's questionable for tomorrow. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening against Orlando. But, you know, that's fine. Um, I left him off of this because of that, but I'm okay with putting him back on it here. But I think in terms of spirit of the law, he's going to be qualified for six man of the year this season. That's fine. And I also do not want to imagine who I would have had to put on this list <laughs> yeah. if I if he's not allowed to be on it. Like I, number four for me on this one was nightmarish. So oh, so wow. let's just let's okay. I hold that. I need to hear you who your three is because I struggled here. Okay, so one is Bogdanovich. One is Bogdanovich. We can. I, and I will also say similar to Holmes, I think that if Bogdanovich plays the rest of the games of the season, if he is healthy, I think he is a legitimate six-man-of-the-year candidate. I, I think it's possible. I certainly don't think he will win, but there's a chance that he could work himself into that conversation by the end of the year. Yeah, I, I definitely would agree with that as long as uh, you don't get your uh, ideas stuck in Luke Walton's head here of starting him over Buddy Heald. That was just... Uh, that was just something to discuss. That was just something to discuss. Although I think it has merit. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. One, Kojo you want my two? number two? Kojo. Yeah. Okay. Kojo two. So who do you have three? It's Trevor Ariza, man. Okay. okay. I put the same thing. Trevor like, Ariza, man. Dude, it's not good. Like, yeah. Is and- How much better is he than Corey Joseph? Because I actually didn't have, like, this to me was like, Okay, Bogey won by a million light years, and then Corey Joseph Ariza kind of like on the same level, and then everyone else a million light years below them. Yeah, I mean, I would have Kojo over Ariza somewhat comfortably. Uh, I think that Joseph just has had better defense uh, clearly, and I guess the offense does hurt a little bit with Joseph out there, but he doesn't okay of distributing. And I, I just think that his effort levels have made him better than Ariza. Um, but yeah, it's not like by a mile or anything, but I would pretty comfortably say uh, Bogey, Kojo, and then Ariza. And yeah, I mean, if you're talking after that, who, who knows? Yeah. Um, I think Kojo gets the nod here for number two, because he, started during the best part of the season for the Kings in the, the win column, at least. Um, and I think that deserves some credit. <laughs> yeah. And that deserves credit towards our six man of the year. I like it. Well, I'm just thinking like, 
you're right. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he played. We are gonna forget this because he wasn't like the star of the show or anything. But he was playing competently enough where the Kings were getting wins, and he was playing like 35 minutes a night. So right, and he's all of the backcourt defense. Right. With Buddy out right. there. When Fox is hurt, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, let me throw this out there. Did you even consider giving Marvin Bagley a spot here? No. Uh, I mean, Bagley's You didn't even consider putting he's him over nine Ariza. Games. He's played I'm just nine saying. games. I'm just saying. No, I did not. He's qualified for this award. I'm just I, <laughs> I consider putting Dwayne Dedman for most improved. I mean, he's qualified for this award. It's true. It's true. And no. honestly, he's probably in the top five if you're just looking at the numbers. It's, I mean, okay, so who would be four here? I would give it to Marvin Bagley. I mean, you know, 14 points or whatever in uh, per game, extremely small sample size. But at that point, I'm giving it to Marvin before I'm giving it to, to oh, Dwayne Dedman. Sure, okay, but without Marvin. Like, <laughs> this gets ugly. Um, without Marvin, I mean, so then you're asking who my number fifth, if we did a full five man ballot, which is what I had suggested. Yeah. But this one is just interesting to me because it just gets so terrible so fast where it's like, when you reach this entire pool of guys, who do you pick here? All right. Let me see here. So one, two, three, four. Yeah. I would probably give it to Harry Giles. <laughs> I don't know. Harry, I mean, Yogi Ferrell? Yeah, I mean. You know, here's who I'm giving it to. Justin James come in the picture. I'm giving it to Daquan Jeffries because he has a <laughs> perfect 1,000% field goal percentage this, this, this season. Now, this is, there's no, all right, fine. Well, yeah, who, who would you give it to? Um, Your boy, Dwayne Dedman? <laughs> no, he's been so bad. Well, Dwayne Dedman has been the worst player on this team. Else. Period. On period. defense, he's been decent. No, we're not doing this. Dwayne Dedman has been the worst player on this team this year. Hmm, yes. I mean, Caleb Swanigan has legitimately. No, been he bad. has not. Yes, he has. No, he has not. And yes, he has. Absolutely, he has. Um, no, I, I wasn't planning on giving this to Deadman though. I mean, I kind of would consider Justin James. Kyle Guy would get this award before right, sure. <laughs> that's a that's a big fact. Like you can't three like, minutes on the year. You can't hurt the team as much in three minutes as Dwayne Deadman has hurt the team in his whatever four hundred minutes. Oof. All right. <laughs> Speaking of last one here, rookie of the year. Kyle Guy! No, of course this is going to be Justin James. This one is a very anticlimactic ending. It's got to be Justin James. It's Justin James by a mile. I'm loving what I'm seeing from him defensively. Yeah, I mean, offensively, he's been the best rookie of this group, and it's a very small group, let's be clear. It is just James, Gabriel, Jeffries, and Guy, correct? Yeah, I was wondering, do you know um, off the top of your head what qualifies as a rookie because Gabriel played some NBA minutes last year, right? No, he did not. Oh, he didn't at all. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's the qualification. Okay. If you play any NBA minutes, you're done. Mm-hmm. That's okay. your rookie year. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, okay, like you said, Justin James first, I guess. Wenyan second. Um, you got it. And come on, my man, third. Swanigan. Jeffrey's bit. Swanigan's um, not a rookie. Swanigan's. Oh, you're right, right, right. Bad. I thinking? I forgot he's a vet. Yeah. No. Uh, it's. <laughs> It's it's my guy Duan Jeffries with the perfect one thousand field goal percentage. Sure, yeah, that's fine by me. Let's do it. Um, Kyle guy, honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> honorable mention, Kyle guy. Oh God! So wait, did we have a one, two, three? We had Justin James, and then you said Jeffries, and then Guy. That's my or no James Jeffries. Oh, sorry, James Gabriel Jeffries. Yeah. Okay. Sure, that's fine. All right. I mean, so, it's just it's just listed by like minutes played at this point. It, Justin yeah. James, are you excited about Justin James? I am actually. All right. So then this this is a valid award that we've given out. We won't bother with second place, third place, MVP Rashawn Holmes, mm-hmm. Defensive Player of the Year Rashawn Holmes, Most Improved Player of the Year Rashawn Holmes, Sixth Man of the Year Bogdan Bogdanovich. Legitimate. Feel good about that. Rookie of the Year, Justin James. Legitimate. Five legitimate awards, everyone. Hooray. There we go. And, you know, one other little halfway through thing. Let's say the Kings win one more game of these next two, which, you know, maybe we're screwed because I just said that. But they get to 16 wins. They're on pace for 32 wins on the year. Um, What was your prediction again? Did you have 41? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think I was at like forty-three. Yeah, not very close. Yeah, but not not was very close, but not that far within ten. Within, right. within ten, I'm. Streak, right? I was a sing. I was only single digits off on that. I was only nine games off on that. <laughs> okay, barely met the the single digit mark. Yeah, that's fine. Well, you're sitting over there at. At eleven, so right, I'm over here with two digits and team. playoffs. I think, which I, <laughs> hey, I think is a more fair, important differentiator. Hey, it's not out of the picture yet, which is crazy. All right, go ahead and break this down. I know you want to talk about this, so go ahead and throw it out there. What's the? Tell us about the standings. Tell us about the teams ahead of us. Do you think there's any chance? Maybe we should do that. Let's check in with some percentages. We've done this before. Oh, God. We should make it into a little bit of a segment, just throwing out percentages. I've never approached 50% on playoff chances this year. We don't even talk about mine. No, let's let's, (laughs) – let's give us us your percentage now. What percentage chance did the Kings make the playoffs? Take a look at that standings. Hold on. Let's break this down. Let's break this down. Okay, so they're two and a half games out of the eight seed, which currently is held by the Memphis Grizzlies, by the way. Um, and then the San Antonio Spurs are right behind them. And a game and a half behind that is the Phoenix Suns. Then we have the Portland Trailblazers, Minnesota Timberwolves. And then you're looking at the Sacramento Kings. Poof. Okay. Yeah, I'm not feeling good, obviously. Um, but, you know, maybe you hope with some of the guys coming back and obviously Deadman right about to return to form, clearly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm giving like, I'm still going to say some number that's probably way too high, like 15%. That's not bad. It still feels like they have a chance here, you know, with just considering how bad the rest of that West is. I mean, these teams don't look like any of them are running away. And interestingly, I mean, 
OKC is seventh, and if they shipped off some guys, maybe they could come back down. But, yeah, it's really fighting for that eight seed. I'll, I'll go with 15. Yeah, I don't think that that's a crazy high number for this squad. We know that, you know, so they're on pace for 32 wins, and it's been a truly devastating first half. Um yeah. Things have gone pretty much as bad as they could have gone, and they're on pace for 32 two wins. I mean, yeah, I, I think that, you know, you could be on pace for 32 in, in a disastrous first half, and I think that, you know, miracles do happen, and you could be on pace for – I think you could be on pace for 50 wins in the second half. I think there's a chance that, that something – that a miracle occurs. That's, like, maybe the 1% chance. But what, that would get you to – that would get you to 41 wins if you – uh, no, that's not true. true. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Hang on. <laughs> oh, that is true. Jeez, that would get you to 41. All right, so that's – for my prediction to pay off, this is, ha- must be a 50-win team. Oof, this must oh, be on God. pace for a 50-win team the rest of the way. I'm willing to let that go. Uh, I think there's a 1% chance, but is that what it would take to make the playoffs? I mean, does, does a team make the playoffs in the West? Because I'll, I'll say this. I've been looking at 538. Um, and they have the eight seed getting in with you ready for this huh. Thir- 37 wins wow. is their projected eight seed wow so this is a question of do the kings win 21 and if, do they go 21 and 21 in half number two because that would get them to 37 hmm and I would say that there's a legitimate chance of that happening. Yes, I would definitely say there's a chance. I don't know how confident I am in that, but I think that there definitely is a chance. If, you know, Fox not being there for a good majority of the year, Bagley is obviously the big X factor who possibly is coming back against Orlando. Um, yeah, I think there's a chance. I mean, there was always going to be a little bit of growing pains and an adjustment period to a new system, clearly. And I think the injuries tacked on on top of that just made it even more difficult. Um, so yeah. there's a chance. And let me just say, I got called crazy when I said 43 wins and making the playoffs. No, you're right. Um, I was wrong. You were right. I mean, yeah, I, I got to just own that. Absolutely. Uh, I thought that there would be eight teams that won, you know, 45 ish games and yeah, I'm wrong. That is not San how Antonio this is going to shake out. Have been bad. They've been way worse. We, we we had targeted them as teams that could fall out of it, but they have been way worse. Yeah, I feel good about our prediction prediction about the the Warriors falling out of it, but yeah. Um, do you want to? Are you curious to know who those teams are that they have at thirty seven wins? Because they actually have a a tie for thirty seven wins in the eight seed. Okay, let me guess this. Yeah, I think they're still got the Spurs. So here, I'm just going to run down the first six teams and you can predict the rest okay they have in the west they have lakers first place 61 wins clippers in second 56 rockets third 55 mavericks fourth 51 nuggets fifth with 53 wins jazz uh i'm sorry jazz fifth with 54 wins nuggets Sixth with 53 wins. Uh, they got the Thunder in seventh with 45. Woo. Big dogs. Yeah. Big dogs. We did not be- <laughs> I did not believe in those guys. 
Uh, and then the eighth seed, yeah. Um, go ahead and guess. Yeah, I'm going with San Antonio. It is not San Antonio, and they don't have them as either team tied with a 37-win projection. Uh, by the way, I'm just going to reiterate this. This is 538. They do really good model-based projections. Certainly not always right, but you know, genuinely meaningful if you if you see your team predicted to do well through them. There are two teams, 37 wins tied. It is the Trailblazers and the Pelicans. And the Pelicans. Oh, yeah. my. I don't know about the Pelicans here. Even with Zion coming back, I get they're on seven and three in their last 10. That's nice. I guess they could be sneaking up here. They're a game and a half behind Sacramento. Oh, yeah, know. and they got the they got the Pelicans winning the tiebreaker with a forty one percent chance to make the playoffs here. Oh, so man. Trail Trailblazers would be out just by a hair, followed by them. They got the Timberwolves, the Grizzlies, <laughs> and then the Suns, and then the Spurs, tied with the Kings at thirty three wins. You know, let's just say the the Kings are tied with the Spurs and leave it at that. That sounds nice. Yeah, only we we thought it would be a fight for the eight seed. Instead, it's a fight for the fourteenth or thirteenth seed. Just, just leave out that part. We'll be all right. Yeah, um, but yeah, they also have percentage projections for the playoffs, and they have the Kings at five percent. They got the Kings okay. at five percent. You got the Kings at fifteen percent. I think I'll split the difference there and say ten percent. I think there's a ten percent chance it could still happen. Okay. I just want it to clearly go one way or the other. Like this whole stuck in limbo. I mean, I guess it's kind of fun, but not really. Like it would be so much more entertaining to just be like, okay, how would this team fare in the playoffs? Or I want to know when are we supposed to start looking at the draft a little bit here? No, I'm with you. Um, and in this scenario, they would be the Kings would be tied for the second worst record in the West, but still only get the ninth pick in the draft, or at least that those lottery balls. So they got, they got the Warriors obviously below them, but then another, they got seven teams in the East. (laughs) So that is truly a grim scenario. Um, But yeah, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking we have Bryant West on who we also met at the game and have him give us a general rundown of prospects that maybe the Kings should keep an eye on. Yeah, I've uh, just done about 10 tankathons, and the Kings have never jumped up from 10th place. They've gone down to 11th a couple times, but uh, yeah, that's that's where we're sitting at right now. And they never will. But yeah, um, I think I think that you know once we cross game 41, it will not be too soon to have Bryant on to talk about the draft. Um, you know, and I, I, we're not being totally gloomy, doomy. Everything is over, but. You know, every team should pay attention to the draft uh, around halfway through the year. So I think that would be appropriate. Well, I have heard that this draft is definitely a rough one. Um, and just so everyone knows, James Wiseman is not the guy. So that's all I'm going to say. We'll leave it there. We'll dive into it a little bit more on another episode. But yeah, those were, uh, those were our awards. Like I said, we will tweet them out and want to hear what everyone else is thinking. Also, wanna, we'll maybe throw a little poll with a couple ranges and see where people's percentage of how they're feeling about the playoffs is. But is there anything else for this one, Rich? Do we dare to predict a couple games? No. No? We do not. All right.
fine by me we will just see how it unfolds um yeah i got the magic on monday and then who is it on dallas Dallas on what oh yeah with uh, one guy on the team yeah let's not even talk about it and then there's a little five game road trip utah miami detroit chicago minnesota which is the biggest road trip of the year that is left there is a couple other four game road trips but this is the last five game road trip well, I think that Monday will be an interesting game to watch, at least. I'd like to see Markel Fultz and the Orlando Magic. Um, so, yeah, we'll be entertained, at least. But that's it for me now. Yeah, that's it for me, too. Orlando's got a bunch of injuries as well, so hopefully it's a little bit even there. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Kings Bulls podcast. Thank you to everybody for listening. you hear from us again in the next couple of days.